Welcome to the Feminine Truth Podcast with Mary Miranda, a place where you can reconnect with your wild, cyclical, and fierce truth. I am Mary Miranda, a mentor, coach, healer, and intuitive. I guide women on a journey of remembrance, reconnection, and embodiment of who they are, their essence, power, and truth by reawakening the power of their feminine energy, womb, and menstrual cycles. Join me each week to indulge in raw, unedited, and unfiltered topics to help women own and step into their divine feminine truth and become unshakable, unapologetic, and bold in who they truly are. Let's jump into today's conversation. Welcome to another episode of the Feminine Truth Podcast with your host, Mary Miranda. Today, I am so excited to have my guest, Melinda Lopez. We're going to talk about some juicy stuff, especially around the witch wound, which is something that I really, really have been dying to talk to someone about. So welcome to the podcast, Melinda. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much. Yeah. So why don't you start telling us about pretty much who you are and how you ended up doing the work that you're doing today. Okay. I'm Melinda. So I'm a spiritual mentor and a Kashuk record healer. I'm also a registered nurse and a mother of four. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, I actually work with women. I consider myself like the mother of alchemizing your emotions and really activating your soul gifts. That's really my passion is to help people kind of connect back to their body and really own their innate magic. That's just really within them. Um, The witch wound, this is sort of a new thing that I've kind of been diving into. So it's been really interesting. I didn't, you know, you don't, I didn't recognize or I didn't realize how deep this wound is not just within myself, but within everybody wild so what are some of the I guess the traits or the characteristics of someone that would have the witch wounds so like because there's so many people that are like what is that like how do I know if I have it or not yeah so with the witch wound like there's so many different layers with any with any type of wound there's so many layers to it so we have like our own experience, say in this life, we have our past life experiences, we have deep soul level wounds, or even the, our ancestral wounds. And then there's like the full on collective trauma that we all experience. So how it could show up for me, especially when I first started kind of uh, awakening to the spiritual journey, I had a lot of fears of like, if anybody finds out I'm doing this, I'm going to be killed. Like, and I know it seems so like irrational. And I, and I did think I was like, I'm literally going crazy. Cause I would, but I would literally have fears that I was in danger or opening up my gifts or for the things that were starting to happen to me. I had a lot of fears around that. So how does that kind of trickle into like now, even as an entrepreneur, it's like this fear of being seen and we have to be seen. We have to um, express, you know, our message or our mission and just really put ourselves out there. And that can really, I would say, activate kind of that wounding within and we just think like oh it's probably because we're this is new but it could be a lot deeper than we actually recognize so I think like as for entrepreneurs or women that are just really being out there is kind of fear of being seen fear of connecting to our body 
um, feeling safe within our own body, really um, um, sisterhood wounds. Like there's so, there's so many different wounds that are attached to the witch wound, but the main witch wound is persecution. It really is the persecution because if she was seen, she was persecuted. She, it, there was no trial. There was no, no, let's see how it goes as you were persecuted. If another woman didn't like another woman and they said she's a witch, or if they were jealous of her, they were, she was persecuted. If she was found um, teaching her culture, her traditions, she was persecuted. So there's a lot of that right now that we can really be experiencing that's deep. So how does one feel persecuted? Like, as, let's say as an entrepreneur, because a lot of my audience are entrepreneur women, or you're an entrepreneur, I'm an entrepreneur, like, how does that feel for us? Or what things could happen that make us feel persecuted? I think that there's a lot around not feeling safe with what we want to say or not really feeling safe with how we actually like how what is the word it's like being who we truly are right like sometimes we're like okay we're just going to show up oh camera's on this is what we're doing and still there may be like this disconnect of like, wait, you know, like this isn't actually like, I'm trying to be my full self, but it's not showing up. And that could be like, there's a little tinge of that fear of being seen of that persecution, but it could also feel like, um, you know, I'm a nurse and there's this whole thing that just recently has been going on in our reality. That's brand new, right? This last two years. And a lot of people that had opinions on it, uh, medical professionals that had different opinions, they were basically, you know, medical licenses were been taken away. Uh, maybe social media has been completely taken away. I know I've seen like people that had like 80,000 followers, but that was speaking out on like different ways to help yourself. You know, those are being shut down. So those are also ways that we're seeing is if we're not speaking what is um, what we should be speaking, that's another way we're being persecuted. In a sense. And yeah, yeah. So I, I've had like I was just mentioning before we started recording this podcast that I've had so many dreams where I am being persecuted like so many dreams. So that's just one part, you know, it's like a subconscious message that's coming through. But in reality, like when I want to put myself out there, there's been some stuff that I has, like, I have so much fear of putting myself out there again. And for me, the way it's shown up as being persecuted as an entrepreneur online is that I am being trolled by an ex on social media. I have been troll like they're putting comments messages and I just completely it's not that I gave my power away but I got my body the body level I felt like I was going to be burnt at stake that something was going to happen that 
he was going to ruin my reputation. And I don't even understand why, because I know who I am. And what he was saying is just his side of the story, which is entitled to have his side of the story. But I got into like this at the body level, my nervous system, I became so dysregulated. I started having panic attacks and anxiety. And that's the way wow. it feels for me. Yeah. So how does it feel for you when you are feeling persecuted or for someone that needs to understand how that feels at the body level? Like, what would you say? So for me, like my big thing was um, being more of who I am, like sharing, like opening your clairs and sharing the spirituality side of like how to protect your energy coming from, you know, being a nurse and like science. And so there, it was like, I was two people performing. And so during that time when I had kind of like, okay, this is who I am here. And this is who I am here. I almost felt like my soul was being ripped apart because it was just almost like I started confusing myself because it was like, okay, wait, who am I right now? Who am I here? And I remember during that time, it, I had a lot of burnout. I was exhausted. I had a lot of um, pain and it really was like that disconnection from myself because I wasn't honoring both sides and allowing it to be okay that this was who I am. Um, and it did, I had like, like you said, that nervous system activation had a lot of anxiety. I felt like very overwhelmed. I was very forgetful um, in my head a lot. It was just like constantly thinking, 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 couldn't sleep. Like the whole like nervous system activation. I mean, I really felt that and um, kind of what helped me through that because I didn't know at the time it was like kind of like that witch wound type of thing, but it was another nurse, which she had said, Melinda, like, you have to just be yourself, you know, and she what is not into that type of world, but she said, you know, you have to be yourself, you have to allow yourself to come out. And, and I was just like, really? And so that was kind of like a little bit of a permission to start. It wasn't right away that that happened, but it was a slow permission of like, okay, maybe, maybe. Mm -hmm. So how does one, let's say we kind of sort of identify it, but how can we be sure that we have the witch wound? Is there like a past life regression, Akashic records, or anything that you help guide people toward for them to be sure? Or is this just inner knowing that you know? Um, for me personally, I believe everybody has it because mm -hmm. it's not only an individual, but it's passed down from our ancestry. And, you know, like my ancestry, my dad comes from the Philippines. My mom is native American. So just, just by that, we know that they're in with the native Americans, you know, like they were, their land was taken away. They were persecuted and, you know, they were stripped of their identities as well. So we know that we do hold some of that conditioning and also just the whole collective of the witch hunts because I can't remember the number, but I, I hate to say to say if I'm wrong or not, but I feel like it was like, it's over hundreds of thousands that were killed. And it was basically a gender side in a sense. Yes, men were part of it, but for the most part, it was women that were being persecuted. Wow, yeah, no, I totally, that, that can actually, I can see how this is like a collective or passed down from generations to generations, even if you don't 
really are like the spiritual um it could be that you have this inside of you because it was passed down from so many generations but for like I think for me it's like I wanted to know if I was a witch in a past life so I did <laughs> I, I actually wanted to know because I first of all I thought it was so cool if I was yeah. a witch in yeah. a past life <laughs> so I did do a few past life regressions where I did see that I did see that I was a witch and I was like, wow, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Why my voice, why I feel like I'm a, I'm very, I have a very healing energy. I am very into herbs. I'm very like medicinal. Like I just want to help people heal. And then I found out my grandma was a town, a town healer. Like a lot of people would come to her. Like I'm from Mexico. So a lot of people, my maternal grandma, a lot of people will come to her for like to cure them, like from a, from a wound or just anything. So she was very medicinal. And that comes a lot from my lineage from Mexico that we are very into like healing with herbs, healing with natural remedies. And like, there's this, all this thing, but then it's like, since I'm also, I was also raised Catholic is this thing that no, you can't do that because it's not okay. So yeah. how does, how does, how can you, how can you explain or share something about how religion has also influenced the witch wound or like, mm-hmm. just like the intensity of it? Definitely. So back then, um, when there was, you know, that was the norm to have the, the tribal, I guess, like the society where there were the healers, because the witches are medicine women, they're healers, they were um, basically the people that the town went to for maybe therapy healing, they were connected to um, the earth, they knew exactly what, what somebody needed for their elements. They brought children to this world, you know, they were the midwives. They were, um, connected to their intuition, their guides. They were seers. They were mystics. They were oracles. They were connected to the stars. You know, they were astrologers and they were all, they knew about science and they were very knowledgeable. So I think when people, think of the witch, they think like, oh, somebody that does evil things, but it's like, no, actually the witch was somebody that was very um, revered in their society. They were very valuable and everybody went to them, you know? So, but that is part of what the church has created because during those times when they had, they wanted to start to create I guess, a structure or kind of colonize things, the church came in and they saw these women that had a lot of power because they were birthing babies into this world. They had knowledge of how to heal. They had, um, you know, a lot of wisdom. And so the church was like, we can't give them this power because we're creating the society this way. And so then, you know, that's when they started to um, create an identity of the witch that she no longer births children. She eats children. Mm. You know, if you are too beautiful, you are seducing men. Mm -hmm. Or if you are, um, if you are able to heal people, then you're going to hex people, you know? So they started to create these identities and it kind of became, definitely feared because if you were a witch or you knew of a witch they were persecuted so 
people were taught that we hold this um, ancestral with this wounding and this within our DNA of that fear of, oh, this is evil. This is scary. This is bad. You have to just um, go to, I don't know, I'm, I'm not talking bad about religion or Bible at all, but you have to have your Bible. You can't get involved in that. And I did kind of go through that because people would say like, you are doing evil stuff. And I would like cry to be like, why, like why I'm just connecting to my body. And these angels would come to me and I would see them. And I, I didn't ask for them. I wasn't trying to look for them. These things were starting to happen miraculously in my life. And then people were calling me evil. So I kind of did have that. I was scared because I didn't know what to do. And then it also was amazing to experience these um, miraculous, miraculous episodes. And, but it was very confusing because of our condition that we don't question because it's just become so normal over and over and over again. And so that's kind of what we're, we're doing. This is what me and you are doing is we are uncovering these layers because I really feel like the witch right now is a disruptor. And, you know, as an entrepreneur, people are on their phones and it's like getting dopamine hits, dopamine hits. So what do people need to create this new earth that everyone's talking about? They need a disruption. They need that disruptor to kind of shake them up because if we're creating a new reality, we can't continue to create from the conditions that we continue to hold. And so I know that's the work that we're both doing. Yeah, definitely the word disruptor resonates so much with me. And right now, I just wanted to say something right now when you were saying the women were beautiful and they were deemed, like not deemed, but like if a woman was too beautiful, she was told that she was seduced men. That just felt like in my body, like vibrated and constricted. Oh, wow. I just have like a body, full body reaction with exactly when you said those words. I was like, oh my God, like, <laughs> I don't know. It just felt so intense. And also like something that torture, torture. I don't know if this is a thing, but I don't even know why I have to mention it, but I have so much fear of torture. Like I cannot look at movies with torture. I cannot do anything. And I like panic. I start shaking. Like my body starts. It's like a full body reaction. When I watch torture or things I cry, it's intense. And I do feel, and I know that something happened to me in a past life that I was probably tortured. And I think it has yeah. to do with the witch wound because I was a medicine woman and all of that. And I probably was persecuted and tortured and killed that stake. I don't know exactly, but, um, yeah, it's, it's just intense. Yeah, it's very intense. Like, uh, I feel like if a lot of women have this full body reaction, that it's worth exploring it. Yeah, when I wanted to say something, and then you start talking about torture, and I was like, Oh, my gosh, this is gonna go with it. Because um, I don't remember the book when I was reading, so I've done a lot of research on the witch wound. And there, they were talking about when women were too much that they were considered hysterical or oh. in a state of hysteria. Oh, hysteria. And so when I was, yeah, it was just like this hysteria is like, you know, when you have a lot of emotions and you're kind of considered out of control. And so what they did to these women that they were 
considered hysterical, which how do you think you would feel if somebody were dragged you out of your house because you were planting, gar- you know, you had a garden of plants and you used them for teas mm-hmm. and they took you out of your house in front of your entire family. Everyone would be hysterical, but their remedy for that was um, giving them hysterectomies disconnecting them from their woman body parts, which is wild because that's, you know, a lot of us, I know for me, for sure, it's like, how do I feel safe in this body? It was so uncomfortable to feel my emotions, to, to be okay with having emotions, to not feel like you're too much and to feel safe in your womb space. And the men, I guess, apparently, you know, in the book, they were saying a lot of the doctors that did it also were, um, you know, taking advantage of these women as well. Like, if you do this for me, then we won't do it, but then they would do it anyways, type of thing. That's horrible. I did not know this. I haven't, I'm like, I've done research and things like that, but I think I avoid anything that would describe torture or anything just because I have a full body reaction yeah I just don't go into it because it's like intense and I'm like oh Mary maybe you need to pay attention to this and kill your nervous system from this but I'm <laughs> like it's not this life it's not this lifetime pain yeah that I'm feeling it's from another lifetime because I know in this lifetime I haven't experienced torture yeah you know, except the occasional spanking when I was little <laughs> from my parents <laughs> But it was not at the level that I feel torture because I'm like, I, I, why is this happening? Like, I, I don't understand. I could never understand until I started learning about the witch wound and everything. I was like, oh, that makes sense. And I cannot, like, my biggest fears is being drowned or dying, like, in a coffin, buried alive or, oh. or, or uh, burnt alive. Those are my biggest three fears of dying. And I'm like, oh my God, what is this all about? Like, I've never died, but I have a full body reaction when I think about it. It's like that soul memory. They also will say like, if you have injuries to like your neck or your knees as well, that those are part of like the witch wound. And I have injuries to both, which is very interesting. And so does my sister, which is like wild. Oh my God. Yeah. So so I just have a little question because you said something about your gifts when they started coming out and people were like telling you like things like what age were your clear story coming out and what was the first one that came out and how did you like navigate at that time? So the first that I remember, I probably was around eight and I would um, lucid dream and it really scared me. And I knew my mom had a lot of gifts. She's very psychic and, um, but it scared me because I was like, I don't want to see ghosts. And so I remembered when I was that little, I learned how to navigate my dreams to make them how I wanted them. And then I also shut down all my gifts. Yeah. So I did that when I was really young. So they started coming back when I actually, I didn't know they were coming back, but when I had my first son, when I was about 19, Um, I developed postpartum depression and I had a lot of anxiety and depression. And so I was really moving through that. But as he um, got older, he was the one that would see things and he would say like, mommy, you know, grandpa's in the doorway or mommy, 
God wants you to speak to him. And he would tell me a lot of things. And I'm like, what is, what is this kid talking about? I was never religious or any into that stuff. And so as they got older, my anxiety got worse and I would feel a lot of things and I didn't know that it was just because I was really sensitive and I didn't know how to deal with my emotions. So for me, it was a really long journey of suffering in a sense, because I didn't know. And I didn't, I didn't, I don't, we didn't have like uh, internet back then. And I just had me and my husband and my kids. And so as they continue to get older, they kind of, they started seeing more and they started feeling more. And so I started to start researching. I started like really diving into things. And so that's when um, I would start seeing like angel, like uh, feathers everywhere. They would be in the house on the car. Um, even like I would get a message, like don't drive the car right now. And then all of a sudden the car broke down and there'd be a feather on the car. So it'd be a lot of things like that would happen. And then we, I'd hear music. And so as kind of like, I was also a nurse. And so I started getting intuitive messages to put my hands over people. And I would, I remember seeing like miraculous healings. And so when that started happening and I started feeling energy, that's when I was like, okay, let me research more. Let me figure what is going on. Make sure I'm not going crazy. Um, how can I help my kids? How can I understand this? And so it, that's like literally the rabbit hole that my life went into. I think it's probably been um, my older son. He's, he's how old are you? like 23 years old now. So it's, it's been a long journey for me to get to that point. Yeah. <laughs> and how have your gifts and your lifestyle and now you doing the work that you're doing impacted your family, your children? Like, do they say anything or are they also like, like seers or? Well, my oldest, he doesn't, he says he doesn't see anything now, but when um, we were in Texas, I think he was about 13 years old and my other one was um, maybe eight or nine. And we decided, I decided like, I, this is the first time that I really followed my intuition. I got this message to move to California. We had our house built, we had our jobs and we, you know, had two kids We're like, my husband's like, are you sure about this? And I was like, I think that's what, that's the message I'm getting. And so we really trusted it and we sold everything. We basically took our cars. We had no jobs and we had just like $600 and we, you know, the kids were like, okay, so we were just like all in, we were like, we're just going to do it. I remember being so scared. And so when we were driving off, um, you know, like I remember back then my son would see shadow people, they would feel things, but that was kind of it. And I started getting the feathers and I would always like talk to angels, but I didn't know. I wasn't sure. It was just kind of a feeling. So we, we drove off, um, for a couple hours and we had to go to a rest stop because my son wanted to take a break. So we stopped at this rest stop, had lunch, getting ready to go. And the car wouldn't start. And so we were like, oh my gosh, what do we do? Like we were, I think in El Paso, Texas, like, what are we going to do? Like literally my house is gone. You know, we were supposed to be moving and then the car won't start. And so we were at this rest stop for about three hours. And I remember just praying and praying, like, please help us, please help us. And, um, these men, two men came after three hours and, they only spoke Spanish. Luckily, my husband was able to speak a little bit of Spanish. And so we were like, there's something wrong with the car. So they looked at it with my husband and they figured out what was wrong with it. So one man went to town an hour away with my husband and the other one stayed with me and my children and they bought the part, but we had to stay overnight. 
So we had $600. That was literally it. And we paid for first month's rent of, a, of an apartment. <laughs> and so we had to go to town, pay for, I don't remember how much, the hotel. They met us there the next morning. They fixed the car. We were in the parking lot. My car was here. My husband's was there. And me and my 13-year-old son were in one car. And then the little one was with my husband. But my husband had um, the hood up. And I was praying. Like, I was calling on Archangel Michael. Because at that time, I was really into the angels. I was calling on Archangel Michael. Like, please help my husband. Help him fix the car. And I was calling on Archangel Raphael to come help guide us there. Because I was just, I was like, my stomach was knotted. Because I was just like, I made the wrong decision. My intuition wasn't right. And so that's where I really started doubting all, you know, what I was receiving, like, oh my God, I literally just gave away. We, we had our lives set and we just, so um, I'm praying. And then my 13 year old was like, mom, I need to talk to you. And I was like, what, you know what? And he said, I think I see an angel. And I wasn't praying out loud. It was just to myself. And I was just like, what? And he was like, there's a really big blue angel under daddy's hood with a hammer and a sword. And I was like, what? Cause I'm like, that's literally what I was just praying for. And so I was like, is there anything else that you see? And he said, I see an army of angels coming and there's a green one in the front and they're all, and the rest are silver. And I was like, shit, cause that was literally what I was praying for too. And I'm like, well, what are they going to do? And he said, I think they're going to take us to California. And so then I told him what I was praying for. And we just started like freaking out like, oh my gosh, oh my God. And so that's when it started to become real for us. Yeah. And And, oh my God. So like, it just sounds like your husband, it's pretty supportive. Yeah. And he, and it's like, so you know how men are, most men, um, that they're very logical, rational, they need a plan, but for him to trust your intuition and what you desired, that is huge. Yeah, he his thing was like, oh, this must mean that um, you need to learn to let go of like material things. So let's just go. <laughs> so I was like, okay, yeah, he's really, he's always been really supportive of, of all of my crazy ideas. <laughs> That's amazing to have because there are some men, um, we, you know, I've dated and some men, um, every time I say something about like, I, I'm a witch, they're like, no, you're not. I'm like, I wasn't asking you if I am, I'm telling you I'm a witch. And right, right away, they're like, you do witchcraft. I'm like, that's not being a witch. So that's yeah. when I explain to them what it means for me. And that's when they, they still like, don't get it. And yeah. I'm like, it's okay. It's okay. But I'm like in the future, when I'm ready to attract my partner, I want him to be supportive and not question me or not see that it, or not think that it's witchcraft. Cause it's totally not like that. When I explain to people, I'm like, no, it's medicinal women, women who are in her power, women who have a voice, women who go after what they want. So like, Uh, it's different, you know, it's not like the, what everybody has taught us to think about that a witch is, that's someone evil, someone that does bad things. And even the the way they picture her, they draw her, it's like totally not even like that. Cause I don't look like, I don't look like one per se, you know, like you don't look like one. And it's like, it's not about the way we look. It's how we, who we are. 
Exactly, exactly. And you know, it's almost like when you really start working with the witch wound and really reclaim her within you, it's almost like you're healing all of it in a sense, because she really is all of it. Yeah. So how can one start healing the witch wound? I personally believe that the first step is really reconnecting to your body. I feel like that that is the most important thing that anyone can do is to really start to just be with yourself and feel comfortable with all of the emotions and not, not always try to be like perfect or hide, hide them away or not be however, like if you're angry or you're sad, like not um, resisting that and just being like, okay, this is how I feel. Can I sit with myself? Can I hold space for myself in that moment? I feel like that's the most important piece. Obviously there's more to it, especially like getting in community with other women and being supported by other women too, is a huge piece of it. Mm -hmm. And how can someone like, how can healing the witch wound help someone that on their journey of being an entrepreneur or like creating the life that they desired? I feel like the really just embodying and activating the inner witch within it just really can like boost your confidence like I just feel like like stand taller and just know that the message that you are um, channeling or expressing out is from your soul and it's really what you came here for and I feel like that it's more of it's no longer worrying about how it's going to be perceived Received, but knowing that this is what you came here to express and create for humanity for to be that disruptor for the change and just one question how, how have you been able to move through what are people gonna think of me like oh what yeah that is a huge thing. And I feel like that has to do somehow with the witch wound for me. Like, I don't know why that just feels like it's relatable for me. Like if I'm putting myself out there, um, like I do, I still have some moments that I'm like, oh my God, what are people going to think? What are people going to think? What are people going to think? Yeah. You know, even, um, was it last, it was last year, um, So I'm a nurse. I actually still work as a nurse in an acute care hospital. And um, during the surge, I was a COVID nurse because that's just what our hospital became. And so um, during the really horrible times, it was not anything that I had ever prepared for. I've never, uh, it was almost like was in war for the environment that we were in and the deaths that we experienced that many, it was intense time, very traumatic, very emotional. And afterwards, I remember connecting with Archangel Michael, like how, how am I processing this grief? Cause it was just a lot. And I did have a PTSD nervous system activation afterwards, like after kind of everything died down and it was really like honoring people on their journey. And so after it kind of subsided, I was like, I can't hide anymore. Like not after that, it was like, there's no more hiding for what, you know, I had just witnessed such tragedy. I'm like, 
I have to come out. I have to just be myself. I have to live my life to the fullest for the people that I just witnessed, you know, like help them transition. I was like, I have to just be myself. And so um, the witch thing didn't come out, but then Halloween came and I kept receiving these messages to do a workshop on the witch. And I was like, I'm not a witch. What are you guys talking about? And my guides kept pushing it, pushing it. And so I did this workshop and I was very hesitant. Uh, I had, I had um, biases against the word, which like, I didn't realize that I was like, whoa. And so I did the workshop and I literally was so emotional during the whole piece. It hit, it really hit deep within me. And so, you know, I did the workshop. It was very successful. Everyone had a lot of good experiences and then I kind of moved on and then it kind of kept coming up. It's like, you're a witch. You have talked about the witch. And I'm like, and I was like, you know, I was like, there's something there because I feel there's so like a deep emotion there with it. And it always brings me to tears. And so that's when I started, um, I kind of revamped my membership and then I made it nurture the witch wound. And that's kind of how it all started. And it was just, I had to put a tragedy into something where that really helped me transform my own self and to reclaim my power in that because honestly I felt like a witch in those moments because my my philosophy is different than a lot of the normal you know science uh, that we do in the hospital so yeah, yeah. It's like two different worlds it's yeah like there's one that is very structured you have to follow a protocol you have to do this and there's this other side of you that it's more healing it's so different it's like the opposite they're opposite so like do you have any inner conflict when you are at your work and then there's too. like part of you that you're like, oh, this is not how I want to do things, but this is how I have to do it because I'm working here. I used to a lot and it used to really bother me a lot. Um, I had to kind of come to peace with that. This is how it's done at work. And really kind of in the morning, what I do is like, I have my own little ritual where I pray for every one of my patients and I call in their healing angels and I set space for them. And so that's enough for me to be like this now I can move on and do this job. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. So nurture the witch one, this is your uh, membership. Can you tell us like a little bit more about it? Because I'm, mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure after listening to this, a lot of women are going to be like, do I have the witch one? Like, what is it <laughs> about? And they're going to be intrigued. <laughs> so nurture the witch wound is my monthly membership. And it's really, it's really a safe space. It's a community of women where it's really for the women that are like on their healing journey, you know, that it, it's sort of a, a tool. It's like having a healer um, at your side and you have tools. And so what you get within there is this thing called the vault. And it's literally has meditations, tappings, energy healings, other Akashic record journeys. And um, that is, I think there's, there's 30 plus in there. I can't remember the number, but basically that's to help you on your journey of your, to, to come uh, feel safe in your body, to regulate your body, to move through your emotions as the journey comes. And then in the community, obviously you have the community space. It's on Facebook. You can come in and, you know, say whatever's going on. And then we have once a month, there's a teaching. And so each month we're going to teach on a specific archetype. Um, like this month, it's the witch. 
Um, there's going to be the Oracle, the healer, um, the force to be reckoned with. So there's different archetypes that we're going to just work with and start shifting our frequency to this part of the witch. And then once a month, we also have an Akashic record journey where I will guide you into your Akashic records to see like what's coming up right now in your world. How is that relating to a witch wound? And then there's a practice that I actually received from a golden cobra. <laughs> it's just like a somatic practice that we move through just to move the energy through. Um, so that's just like a really deep healing journey that we go through. So that's once a month. And then there's going to be tons of guest speakers. There's going to be money spells. We're going to talk about eclipse season. Actually, in May, we're having an eclipse season astrologer coming in. And then we have a trans channeler that's going to come and channel the witch. So that is going to be super fun. Um, so there's going to be a lot of guest speakers. And so it's just really a safe space for women to come together and just do their healings, um, talk about what they're moving through, get a little witchy if they want to. So it's just really uh, a fun space, but also it's very deeply healing. Mm -hmm. And anyone can join any time of the month. Like it doesn't have to be the beginning of the month. Like they'll still be able to access everything. Yeah. So you can join any time and uh, I have everything set for 12 months. So we're just starting. April was our first month. And then actually May is where we're really going to start getting into the archetypes. So we're just starting right now. Oh, that's going to be fabulous. So everything, obviously, it's going to be in the show notes, like how to communicate with you, how to find you, like the links or whatever. But um, let me ask a question. So like, what are some rituals that you do every day to stay in alignment or to stay in your truth or that something that helps you like feel protected or any ritual that you do every day that's like consistently mm -hmm. so I have this meditation I actually created for um, my Claire's program <laughs> and it's an am meditation it's like five minutes long but it's basically tapping me into my body and then it does like a whole run through to clear the energy around you know in my body and the space and so I do that um, I also kind of like as soon as I wake up I stretch in my um, bed and just to get into my body, to feel my body, to scan my body. And I do tapping. So like EFT tapping um, right now, what I'm doing, it's more of like how I'm doing it. It's called the CST method that I learned from one of my coaches. So it's just kind of like you say, you know, I am Linda, a woman who, and kind of the next pieces is this person that you, who you are. And so lately I've been saying like, you know, I am Linda, I'm a woman who is a witch. I am Linda. I am a woman who has reclaimed all her power. I am Linda. I'm a woman who owns who she is. So it's sort of like that. That's kind of what I'm doing now. Um, so that's pretty much it. And then I always like burn incense or like copal incense or even sage or just something around the house. Just like, yeah, so that's all I'm doing right now. Mm -hmm. so what happens for example during the day when you know you you have all this power within you you know you have all this knowledge but there's times that you might I don't know do you experience anxiety do you experience like those first frustrating moments like what do you do throughout the day because there's a difference between in the morning doing our rituals and we feel good but things happen throughout the day mm -hmm. so like how do you navigate when you encounter those moments so that's kind of like what the vault is and nurtured is they have all those tools. So like, say for, if you have anxiety, there's a tapping for anxiety. So the way that I always have had anxiety and 
I have a heart condition. So that really brings forth anxiety if it starts to happen. And the re the way that I have uh, learned to cope with it, because it doesn't hasn't gone completely away, you know, but I've learned to manage it is I tap the specific meridian points in my body. And I say, I'm excited. You're safe. I'm excited because the our physiology is the same of excitement and anxiety. So that's just kind of giving this brain signals and chemical signals to my body that like, we're actually safe. Everything's okay. And if it starts to register, oh, we're just excited about something and I'm tapping and it's going to re reduce those stress hormones, it's going to calm down naturally. And so that's kind of like, if I have anxiety, that's what I'll do. If I feel like, um, you know, obviously I homeschool, I have a, a toddler, she's autistic, she has 20 hours of therapy. So it's really busy. And it can get frustrating, especially like dealing with trying to help her regulate, you know, it's, it is like overwhelming sometimes. And so it's really a matter of because I am so connected to my body, it's just a matter of like, coming back. It's like that it's such as because I have trained myself to shift it so, so much that it's just natural. It's like put my feet on the floor, take a deep breath, shift. And if I, and if it doesn't, um, and I am not like, I don't need to actually look deeper and I'm, then I'll do like a Qigong, um, actual exercise to move the energy through. That's so powerful because I, I do have anxiety. Like it, some days I don't feel it. Some days it's intense where I have the chest pain. So for me, EFT tapping has been such a game changer. Yeah. Any, any somatic embodiment practice has been great, but EFT it's like on the go. It's like, you can do it everywhere. Sometimes I'll be in public and I'm just like, I tap on my, when I, if I'm in public, I'm not in all my meridians. I'm just here in my chest. Yeah, just wherever. This one shifts so much for me. My chin area has been game changer for me because sometimes if I don't want people to look at me even at the gym I've done it at the gym here in my yeah. gym, that's my go-to area but um yeah it has really helped stabilize me because I do my rituals in the morning I do myself reiki I do everything but throughout the day like things happen life happens mm -hmm. you know even when I have anger rage frustration stress anxiety like tapping for me like it's been like so healing yeah, I know. I love it. I think the collarbone is it for me. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's good. That's good. So what, um, like one question that I usually ask all my guests that come here to, on the podcast is what is your truth now of who you are today underneath all the healing that you've done, the conditioning, the programming, the belief systems, like what is your truth today? The truth is that I'm enough exactly as I am and however I am today right now in this moment, because it's always going to change. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. And where can everyone find you? And like I said, everything it's going to be posted in the show notes, but um, I want them to hear from you, from your voice. So where can everyone just go and connect with you? I am mainly on Instagram. So at love underscore Melinda. Mm -hmm. Okay. So thank you so much. This has been so amazing. Is there anything else you want to tell the audience or any last message or words of wisdom? Um, hmm. I think the main thing that I just want to tell everybody is that they are enough exactly where they're at. 
and to not just be so don't be so hard on yourself for anything that you thought you've done wrong, wrong because that's led you to where you are right now and that is like amazing so yeah just keep going and that removes a little bit of the shame that we we should be somewhere else that we're not and we just when we when we connect with that it's like we're enough like it's okay we are where we're supposed to be and that's enough and that's yeah. sometimes that's hard to accept reality you know yeah <laughs> well thank you so much this has been amazing I've learned so much more than I thought I didn't I thought I knew so much about the witch wound but I learned so many things and I'm definitely gonna go and check out your membership thank you <laughs> so much but this has been amazing thank you so much Yes, I had so much fun. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and have a good rest of the day, okay? Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for being part of this conversation on the Feminine Truth Podcast. This podcast is for you, for me, for us, for the Feminine Collective. Thank you for spending your time and energy with us. I so, so, so appreciate it. Please, it would mean so much if you could share this in your Instagram stories, in your Facebook stories, or everywhere so this message gets spread and others can find this podcast and this conversation. And if you feel like someone needs to hear this message, please share with them. Um, I would be so grateful for you and let us know your thoughts, how this has helped you how you connected with this topic or how this has felt in your body and lastly if you feel the pull I would be immensely grateful if you could take the time to leave a review so more people can find my podcast and this conversation I'm sending you so much love and I'll see you on the next episode